Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another live edition of New England Sports 247 Radio. I am your host, John Larry, and with me is always Scott, the sports blogger, Looney. Going old school. I'm going old school. I, I felt like doing something different. It's not as funny as I usually am, but I went ahead and went there. Old school. Uh, that's, let's get back to our roots. That's it. You know, yep. we got back to the blag. Um so tonight we're going to be talking, uh, you know, about the Red Sox and their uh, worst of first uh, trip to the post office. Uh, post office. <laughs> the post <laughs> uh, uh, we're going to be talking about the uh, Nuga Patriots and their Tampa Bay gets uh, the game against Tampa Bay and uh, Atlanta Falcons. And we're also going to be talking some Bruins and, of course, the ass hat of the week. Scott, please. Help me out here. Did you, for have some a lot reason. Of, did you have a lot of mail today or something, dude? Uh, apparently, I did. I mean, I, I got post office on my mind for some reason. How you doing, man? What's going on? I don't know how you get. Okay. I think you're trying <laughs> to say postseason, maybe? That's exactly what I meant. Okay. What so I meant. It had to be post office. All right. That's. Oh, boy. Uh, whatever. You know, it's Thursday night, yeah. 8 o'clock. Yeah. I'm in a food coma at the moment, so it happens. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. How you doing? <laughs> how you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Um, so let's start off and talk a little bit about how, and I know we've said this several times, uh, and I know all of our faithful listeners. Well, we will, should talk about the game. That that was, uh, well, yeah, that was 15, ridiculous. Fifteen to a, five. A 15-5 ropping of the Colorado Rockies. Yeah. That was, uh, but you know, uh, let's let's just let's stop for a second and congratulate the Boston Red Sox on not only making it to the postseason, but winning the American League East. And, you know, with, if uh, I believe their magic number is still two, uh, getting the best record in baseball for home field advantage. So let's go ahead and congratulate, excuse me, congratulate them right now for that. Because, you know, they're very, very well deserving of that honor. Yeah, I don't think anyone expected that. No, definitely not. I mean, here we go. Congratulations to Boston Red Sox. First to first. Uh, you know they're, go- they're going to the post office. They're going to go to the post office since two th- uh, you know, the first time since 2007. So well deserving. Um, yeah. So let's go ahead and talk about the uh, 15-5 romping of the uh, Boston Red Sox that was displayed last night and. Who knows? Maybe the start of something good with uh, Will Middlebrooks. Uh, maybe he's kind of come along. What do you yeah, think? He was in a five for forty-one slump. Um, Ouch! Coming, yeah, coming into the game, and he had seven RBIs, which you know he had a grand slam. Um, you know, most guys would kill for that type of day. Yeah, he had a three-run homer and a grand slam. That's, you know, he's had definitely a couple a, a tough couple of weeks in the past, but like. And this year hasn't been his year necessarily, but no, uh, he's he's been hurt. Uh, he's been you know he's obviously been slumping. Um, yeah, but... I mean, he he still has a two, he's a two thirty four average. He has seventeen home runs, forty nine RBIs. So like you know, it's a subpar season for Will Middlebrooks. Sure, but, uh, but... yeah, well of course I mean we're all looking at what he did last year. He burst onto the scene, out of and uh, yeah, out of nowhere, and basically you know, made us rethink the old Kevin Euclid's, you know, uh, Kevin Euclid's deal, um, which, 
you know, if you kind of look at it, I, I I think they're pretty much the same player. You know, they both can't stay healthy and they're <laughs> they, uh, consistent. Yeah, they, they're pretty inconsistent. You know, the only difference is Will Middlebrooks has a the... very conventional swing as opposed to the unconventional. And Middlebrooks is younger too, which helps. Yeah. He's got more battery life in him. Yeah, well, I mean, we've said it several times that the core of the Boston Red Sox right now is very solid. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to see, you know, I mean, we this year alone, they've already surpassed anything that we ever thought they were going to do. Um, I know, like I said, we've we've talked about it several times about having, you know, <laughs> just getting over 70 wins was like a big deal. Oh, yeah. So, no pressure. Good good job to them. Yeah, I mean, um, but the, the game, I saw so many encouraging things. PB had a decent outing. He did all right. I mean, enough to – I think he got the win in the end, so enough to do that. I mean, because, you know, and David Ortiz – he had 100 RBIs for the seventh time, which ranks him third all-time in Red Sox history. Only Ted Williams and Jim Rice have more seasons with 100 RBIs. So, like, big poppy. Yeah. Mucho gusto, man. Like, <laughs> that was, that's, that's, that's pretty awesome. And then Salto Maki is still on fire. He went four for five. Um, he's batting 424 with 10 RBIs in his past nine games. So he is a force to be reckoned with going into the postseason. Even um, better. Even better. You know, just I feel like instead of pointing at one guy, we can just, you know, there are so many guys just getting it done right now. And that's really encouraging. I feel like everyone, you know, even Ryan Dempster isn't playing like crap. Like it's something is clicking and it's great. Um, They're clicking at the right time. And that's oh, yeah. exactly what they wanted to do. Uh, my The only concern that I've had, uh, or not really had, have, uh, is they haven't really technically hit a slump yet. They had a couple of games that, you you know, you, you kind of wondered, but they would always bounce back. That's what I'm a little worried about is that they, they've hit their stride a little, er, little too early and possibly, you know, they could hit a slump at the wrong time, which would be right now. But like I said, with it being, you know, with them being in the postseason, that's still above and beyond anything that anybody thought they would do. So, I mean, they were talking that they were going to be in last place and Toronto was going to be Man, was going to win yeah. the whole shebang. So, yeah, I mean, and that, I mean, goes to show you, we don't know anything. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but and something else that was a little encouraging too, which is definitely going to help us down the stretch, is uh, Ellsbury made his uh, his return after a 16 game absence. How did and, he do last night, by the way? Um, I mean, he lined a single and scored in his first at bat. He ground out and he walked, scored in the fourth, and then he was uh, lifted in the bottom of the inning. So he he got a little, he got some time. He got some uh, a couple swings in. He had a couple at bats. He's not 100 percent yet, according right. to John Farrell, but it's definitely an encouraging step. There so was, there's no, uh, you know, there was no statements or anything made about him not being able to run around the bases very well or anything like that. Um. I mean, you know, he just said it again. The the interview that I saw, I just you know, Farrell just said it was a good step. He kind of pulled the Belichick move. Uh, uh, yeah. So you know, but but again, that's definitely exactly what it, it is a good step, and that's something that we should be you know encouraged about. I mean, he said that I'm reading an interview right now. It said that he feels comfortable, but there's still a little bit of soreness, and they're they're managing it. So you know, uh, he he. I have a feeling that he's going to be in decent form for the playoffs if we need him. Um, right. 
And Ellsbury absolutely changes the. I mean, he he makes us more potent. Like you know, he's it's a guy who can who bats you know above three hundred, who plays well, who if he gets his running back, you know, he's going to be a threat. So yeah, still base. Yeah, he's he's a great on. Uh, he's got great uh, OPSs, um, and by having him back is obviously would be a huge boost. I mean, and he also had fifty two steals, and he's only got caught four times this season. Or this season? His, no, no. I think it's just his running game in general. He has 52 steals. He's only been caught four times. So. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, that's that's obviously good uh, base running. That is what we need. So. 52, 52 stolen bases in 131 games. That's yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I'll take that. I'll take that production. So yo, know, absolutely. So the, I mean, the guy brings you know he brings that element if he can get. His if he can be at 100, percent then that's definitely something that people are going to have to you know look out for. And I think that our roster right now is pretty stacked. I mean, we we're talking about whether or not we thought that you know whether you know Mike Napoli and Victorino will be making big differences, and obviously they have. Yeah, so. I mean, I clearly I clearly agree with that. I think the biggest thing is um, when you look at it, they they piece together a really good team that uh really sticks to each other they really you know they their chemistry is really really well um but at the helm you know and i i remember writing a uh an article about this a while ago about john farrell basically being being the puppet master and being the guy who is supposed you know he, he came in to uh, a very bad situation and he obviously flipped it around you know oh yeah He's he's very well respected, and you can really see what, what kind of an impact he had on his on the on his players. Um, and, and I think that's a lot of the stuff that you didn't see when he went to Toronto because you're obviously in the Boston market. You don't see what's going on in other you know other cities and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But he still, even in Toronto, from what I gather, he had he still had a very good uh, following by his players. His players loved him. Which is, you know, which is obviously a very good thing. I mean, you know, Tito Francona, he was loved for a long time, but that love faded, you know. So this was exactly what the Boston Red Sox. Bobby Valentine was never loved by the players. <laughs> Bobby, listen, Bobby Valentine, <laughs> you know, if he had done something very stupid this week, he would be our ass out of the week every week, just because he is. You know, he, he did invent, he did invent the rap though, or he clearly, Oh yes, of course. You know, yeah. so he is clearly, you know, he has bestowed his boon upon society. He's given us the great rap, but he's not. I mean, yeah, he can't coach like right Al, now. I don't think. It's like Al Gore saying that he invented the internet. So, and, and did you see that? Um, he got. I guess that like, he had a deal with like TBS that he was working on to be uh, like a caster or something like that, and they were they pulled it away like, like today, like last second. Really? Why yeah. is that? I, I I didn't really I just saw the because headline of the, because of the Boston Red Sox possibly. No, I have no idea, but I saw the headline. I kind of laughed myself, <laughs> but um I I didn't I didn't <laughs> keep reading it. But um, the know, guy the guy's a joke. I mean, let's face it, he's a joke. He he's he single handedly made himself a laughing stock. Oh, know? he made he made he made comments about nine eleven and the Yankees. I guess. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Well, guess what? I think Apparently. we might have. I think we might have two asshats of the week this yeah. week. Yeah, I'm, re- I'm reading a story right now. He said that you couldn't find a Yankee down at Ground Zero talking to the guys who were working 24 seven. 
Ooh. He was just saying he was just saying nasty stuff, I guess, and I guess TBS decided to. Well, they got Pedro Martinez instead. Yeah, I did hear that Pedro Martinez is uh, going to be the sportscaster for the postseason. Well, so that, that's good. I mean, <laughs> who wouldn't like a little bit of Pedro? Uh, you know, telling him, <laughs> telling him who's who's their daddy. Yeah, but um, uh, you know, so that's that's Bobby. That's the status of Bobby Valentine right now. So. You could say that it's been a little downhill, I think, from when he was coaching with the Mets all those years ago. But um, yes, yeah. So, <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> like like I've said it uh, said before, congratulations to the Boston Red Sox. You're well deserving of it. Uh, so keep it up. Just and, two more. Or know. if or if Oakland loses, like we we got it. Like that's it. I mean, we what we already have a two game lead over them, right? Mm-hmm. That's why. They're they're one game behind. So if they win their if they win all their games and we lose one, then. But I mean they're on a two game losing streak right now. Yep. And I'm I'm fairly certain. That, are they are they still playing the Angels? Uh, which which by the by the way is a terrible team. So so overrated. Yeah, they they are playing. No, they're playing the Mariners now. Ooh. But. They lost to the Angels, so yes, which is kind of funny. I did want to kind of since we're kind of talking about baseball, I did want to give a very huge congratulations to the Pittsburgh Pirates on making it to the postseason after 20 years of not making it. Congratulations, you guys! You guys totally deserve it. You are, uh, you could possibly be the next uh, 2004 Red Sox. You know, breaking a curse for your own for your own you know city. So. Good luck to you guys. Yeah, I'll you be know, rooting for you. And you know, well, I think of Pittsburgh as a sports town. I really don't. I think of the, the Penguins and the Steelers. It's, it's. I'm. You know, I, I would. I didn't really understand what you were talking about before, but I, I am kind of glad for the. It's always good to see that. You know, coming it from is. coming from someone who is you know a Red Sox nation loyalist, it's good to see you know a team you know be successful and you know make it to the postseason and then play in the postseason and you know do well after not doing well. But, yeah, um, I mean, I look at it this way. Uh, you know, the Pittsburgh Pirates. I'm, I'm, I'm obviously not like a huge fan of Pitts, you know, Pitts, the Pittsburgh Pirates. But you know what? It's you're just like you said. It's great to see. Uh, same thing with last year. You know, the Nationals making it into the playoffs. That was great to that see. That was cool. Yeah. You know, uh, the year before that, Cincinnati Reds. It's just good to see other teams other than your normal, you know, <laughs> St. Louis, San Francisco, Yankees. Not Yankees, yeah, the Yankees aren't in it this year. You know, th- th- yeah, I believe that. What is this? Is the first time in Cleveland, 19- Cleveland looks pretty posed, uh, poised to get in too. There you go. I mean, I mean, me personally, I want a Los Angeles Dodgers, Boston Red Sox World Series. That's what I want to see because, I mean, think That's, about how it's, amazing. it's that big trade that happened last year. And exactly. You wonder, like, this is the test of who got the better of that trade right there. Exactly, a, and you know what? You know, LA ninety-one and sixty-seven. You know, they're they're good at home. They're good on the road. They're a good team. Uh, and and I, I think it'd be definitely an interesting. I think it'd be an interesting game to uh, sure. series I mean, to what, watch. What did they? What did, I mean? Was it LA ripped off like twenty-four straight wins or something like that? I don't before know. they actually played the Boston Red Sox and lost the series. I don't know. And it was it was it was some crazy win streak, but. Yeah, what? you know that that kid Puig or whatever his name is. You'll see. You'll see. Yes, oh, yes, you'll, yes, you'll 
Twig or whatever his name. Twig, yes. Twig. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Kid is kid is good. The kid is real good. He is. Uh, I, he's, he's still though. You know, he's still, still people were saying that, a little bit, but people were saying that he was going to be in the All Star game. You so know, he, he got voted in, but you know, because he was on the uh, team too late, I believe he couldn't. He wasn't eligible. From what I what I hear, yeah, I'm you not, know, not he's sure. got a. 330 average in his, you know, and he, I remember he was like the Jeremy Lin. Remember when Jeremy Lin was a huge thing? Yeah. He was like the Jeremy Lin of the MLB for a little bit. He was just coming up clutch, but he's he's someone that I want to see um, grow up and, and you know, start he, playing better too. Now, so. he's a, a Puig, he's a, is he a right fielder? Yes. Okay. And what's, what's, I know we're going, kind of going off topic a little bit. What's the deal with Matt Kemp? Matt Kemp is playing center field right now. He is, he, but he's playing. Yeah. Okay, because I was yep. say, the last time I heard he got hurt, and he was supposed to be the face of that franchise. Well, yeah, there was this huge thing with Andre Ethier. Remember Andre Ethier? Him and Matt Kemp were supposed to be the, you know, the big like he's the big saviors of L.A. Right? Yeah. Now, yeah. now it's Josh Beckett and Adrian Gonzalez. Those are the big saviors of L.A. I think. See, you know, you gotta you gotta kind of give it a, think of it this way. When Josh Beckett first came here, oh, and Carl Crawford, I can't forget him. He was such um, impact, and such an impactful Red Sox when he played for the. Sorry, continue. <laughs> I was gonna say when Josh Beckett when he first came here, uh, you know his first year wasn't very good, but his second year, you know they won the World Series. You know he won a World Series in Florida. He won a World Series here. You never know. I mean, Josh Beckett. Do you, want, good... do you want to hear a stat line? Yeah, he's zero and five with a five point one nine ERA. Oh, in L.A. Yeah. Well, this Ooh. season. Oh no! And his last ten. Okay, hold on. Um, this season. Yeah, no, he's zero and five with a five nineteen ERA. Ouch. Not playing well at all. I wonder if he. He's got to lay out the chicken, chicken and beer. I wonder if he's got too much fried chicken grease on his fingers. You know, he's got to lay out the chicken and beer. But all right, so we're we're way off topic right now. <laughs> Anyways, we're way off topic. So um, let's let's go ahead and move to a different subject then. We're, we're gonna we're, we'll start on the uh, the New England Patriots. Yeah. Um, okay. So let me ask you, what do you take away from last week's game uh, against the Buccaneers? Do you feel Dropson? Dropson, sorry, Dropson could hold on to catches. I was I was in awe of this that Ken Burrell Tompkins and Aaron Dobson, Dobson. actually, you know, Dropson were okay. Actually, well, this, let me let me ask you this then. Was it more of the Patriots beating the Bucks or the Bucks beating themselves? We all know that the Bucks are in, you know, they're they're in a world of hurt right now with their team. Yes. You know, they just they just benched Josh Freeman and they and I believe they're looking to trade him by the trade trade deadline. And they put in uh was it Glennon? Yep. He, for anyone for any old school video gamers out there, this guy looks exactly like Don Flamenco from Mike Tyson's Punch Out. I have no idea what that means. I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. Old school gamers. It was a, it was a Nintendo game. People my age will understand what I'm talking about. Uh, but he looks exactly like him. It's kind of funny to me. Whatever. But uh, yeah, Shiano wants Freeman. I mean, first he lost his captaincy, then he's off the team. You know, and he, I I felt like in that game it wasn't. Like, I don't think he played as bad as like. It's weird to me because I'm so used to seeing Mark Sanchez being in there for so long and then not pulling him after he plays like crap, and then for this guy to have a, like you know he's it's obviously they're off to a rough start. 
But I just feel like he's not playing as bad as they're making it sound like he is. Which, and, you know, and you know, Greg Schiano clearly has a connection with uh, Mike Lennon. Um, yeah, that, was, that was his quarterback in college, right? So, you know, I think that, you know, he's going to be traded. I think that, you know, on a, if he gets a fresh start, he could be productive because we saw how good he could be last year. Well, here, so. here's my take. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> Josh Freeman, I think, is actually not that bad of a quarterback. He's not. Um, I think he's average. You know, I don't think he's – he's not going to light up the scoreboard. He's not going to be a Peyton Manning or a Tom Brady. Um, but he's – you get a good team around Josh Freeman, and you're going to actually have success. You're going to have success. Uh, the thing is, is you have to have a you know a coach and personnel around this guy to believe in him to do it. And basically, they're just throwing this guy they're throwing this guy to the wolves, man. And, and it's not. I don't know if the I don't know if he has an attitude or if it's just. You know, I mean, I mean, he was team cat to me for us, so it would lead me to assume that he doesn't have an attitude. You know, he's 25 years old, 6'6", 240 pounds. Uh, you know, uh, he's not, he's not terrible. You he's know. not terrible. He's not like I said. He's not going to have flashy numbers. But you know, at the end of the day, would you, would you rather have a Josh Freeman or would you rather have, you know, some rookie quarterback that's never proven himself in the fourth game of the season? Like, you know, it's it's this is the fourth game of the season coming up, and they're going. It's like they're already ready to throw in the towel. You know, in 2000, 2011, they went. They were four and eleven, and then last year, and I think this is a big part of, you know, you know, he he really stepped up last year, and they they went to seven and nine, which is you know, that's that's a significantly better. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think that you know he's got potential. I really do, and I think that. You know, his, his he, he showed us. I believe he showed us a lot on on yeah, Sunday. He, he had twenty seven touchdowns last year. Like that's that's, that's nothing to, to be. You know, that's that's not bad. He that's had, not, no, definitely not. You know, he had seventeen interceptions, twenty seven touchdowns. It's not you know that's not terrible stats by any means. That's you know quarterback stats. But I feel like Tampa Bay is completely villainizing this guy. Well, that, that's exactly my point. They, it just seems like they. They're just so willing to give up already and, and move move along. I mean, what is this is his third year in the league, Josh Freeman? It's like his fourth as a starter, I think. Or okay, yeah. So still, you know, but I mean? they're so quick. To, I feel like it's they're quick to point a finger and try to see if they can throw the blame and then move on as an organization. Yeah, like maybe that's the strategy they're using. I don't know, but you know, regardless, know. if you know he goes to a team who's in desperate need of a quarterback, you know, maybe that's not. Maybe that's a better fit. There's there and there are teams out there that are going to need a quarterback. You have Arizona, uh, possibly Cleveland, Minnesota. I want to see Brian Hoyer uh, keep doing well. <laughs> but he had he had three touchdowns and three interceptions. Do whatever. I mean, he listen. He won the game and he ended up winning my football poll. So, <laughs> so I'll take it. But you know what? Brian Hoyer's middle name is Axel. Brian Axel Hoyer. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. That's an amazing name. I'm surprised he doesn't have long wavy hair with, you know, a bandana and a you know, a microphone in his pocket at all times. But you know, but okay, anyway, anyway, I'm just saying he's he's a good quarterback. The Tampa Bay game, uh I think that the big thing that we took away here was that and you know, Tom Brady came out recently and there were a lot of comments about him. 
talking about his wide receiving core and saying that he wasn't satisfied with it. Right. And this week he came out and said that, you know, it's it's partially his fault. And he said that, you know, he said that he keeps on getting wide open looks that he keeps on missing. And, you know, he he hasn't been playing as well as he should have been, which I think is absolutely – you know, I'm not saying it's necessarily tr- true 100, percent but uh, but you know, I would it's, what, it's what he needs to say. He's not throwing. You saw that there was chemistry that formed in the last game. I think that the last game, you know, thank goodness the Bucks are kind of in a transitional period because it was kind of like a kind of like a practice for them. Yeah, and they were able to. You know, Kemperl well, Tompkins, he he had two touchdowns, and Aaron Dobson, he played effectively. I think this is a really big game for the wide receiving core that you know that Tom Brady's getting used to. Sure. So, um, but my biggest question is this: Like Zach Sudfeld came back for the first time in two games. Um, Oma Nama Nama Nui, I can never even pronounce his name. Um, you know, these guys were only targeted twice. You know, uh, a piece. Why isn't Tom Brady going to his tight ends? Um, you know, that's a good question. I think that you know, after having such a comfort level with Hernandez and. Gronkowski, maybe it's more difficult than you realize because he has this, you know, I feel like with the, the tight end packages that that the Patriots have, he he knows he knows those two well enough that he knows where they're gonna be almost every time. And right. I feel like you know, he's not maybe not targeting Sudfield as much because he doesn't you know this is doesn't a trust system, him enough? This is a system that Tom Brady is, you know, he knows back you know, frontwards and backwards. Maybe there's some disconnect between Sudfield and he doesn't want to start showing too much of the tight end stuff right now. You know, maybe. Well, yeah, I mean that that's a possibility. Maybe they're waiting until Gronkowski gets back on the field to kind of show you what the tight end package is is you know available. I mean, I I, I guess I could believe that. I you know, that's, I just that would be very Belichickian, you know. Yeah, it would. Um, you know, Belichick always has some sort of scheme. Him and Joshua Daniels always. They're always cooking up something in the kitchen, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'll give them that. I, I just – I don't know. Like, I, I saw I saw Tom Brady do two things on Sunday that kind of made me worry a little bit. One of them is he threw a really bad interception. That was a terrible – and he pointed that one out, too, in the same interview I was talking about. That was a real – that was one of the worst interceptions I've seen him throw. Like, it was – there was no guys around. I mean, it was just a bad, bad throw. And the other one was he went to throw to uh, Brandon Bolden with Julian Edelman and I believe yep, either Dobson or Tompkins it was wide Dobson. open. Yep, I saw that one too. You know, and they were wide open, like touchdown wide open. Oh yeah, yeah. They, they had exactly. blown that defensive coverage. And yeah, they could have. All, all Brady had to do was toss it in their direction, and these guys could have caught it and ran for at least forty yards. You know, I mean, it was, and that's the thing. I'm like. You know, was he just quickly dumping it off because he wasn't given a whole lot of time, or was that just is that are we seeing a little bit of Tom Brady that we're not used to seeing? That's the question. You know, you know we, I think we, that you know this is as people have been saying the worst three and O team in history, um, and people have been saying and people have actually been saying that I don't necessarily agree with it by any means. No, I don't agree with that at all. I mean, listen. Uh, uh, Yes, the offense doesn't look like where you're used to seeing it, and they're not putting up 40, you know, 30 to 40 points up a game. But the difference is, is our defense is playing lights out. You know what I mean? They've 
given up what? Only 13 points in three games or something like that? Something like that. Yeah, they've something. given up they've given up not many points at all. You know um, what I mean? No, they've definitely given up more than 13. I think it's like like low 30s. How many points? Low 30s. Games, which I mean, is averaging like a couple of touch like maybe like 10 to 13 points a game, which is you know, that's that's fantastic. That's that's great. And that's that's something we haven't seen in a long time. But can you um, say they've really been tested yet though? Well, uh, you know, no, I can't. I, I think the next couple of games are really going to Falcons. Uh, <clears throat> well, they have, you know, the game against the Falcons, I think, is going to be um, the start of the test. But the games after that, they have New Orleans and um, I believe the Cincinnati Bengals. Those two games right there are going to be the true test of what the Patriots are all about. Uh, New Orleans, they're they're coming, they're coming home, they're coming to Foxborough, uh, so you might have a little bit of an advantage because you know everybody says, states that the, uh, um, you know playing in New Orleans is is the hardest place to play, but Cincinnati, you're going to Cincinnati right after Atlanta, and Cincinnati has a really tough defense, and their offense is clicking, and once you know when AJ Green and Andy Dalton are clicking, you got to watch out for that. Um, so, but I think Atlanta and going back to Atlanta, I think that, you know, they're, they're a good team on paper, but they're only one and two and they've oh they've only beaten the St. Louis Rams, which isn't technically that great of a team right now. So I don't know. I can't really take much away from, you know, I can't say that Atlanta is a really like, you know, a powerhouse and stuff like that. Not this year. Not so far. It's only four games into it, or three games into it. I, what, what do you think? You know, I I really, you know, I think that Atlanta will be a test because they have a high-powered offense that we haven't really played against. They have Matt Ryan. They have Roddy White. You know, they have, you know, big superstars on their offense. I think yeah. that this Julio is going Jones, to be – Tony Gonzalez. Tony Gonzalez, exactly. I think that this is going to be a game where it's – Really, the Patriots defense versus, you know, because here, but at the same token, Atlanta's defense is not very good. So this is going to be a very matchup-dependent game, I think. And it's going to be a test for both the defense and the offense. If the offense can exploit this Atlanta defense that has been playing too, too well, you know, then I think that our defense matches up well against their offense. So I think that this is a test. I really think that this is more of a test than people will will say it is. This is, yeah. you know, the first team that isn't, you know, butt fumble in the crew or um Tampa Bay. You know, well, this is yeah. a, I mean they they faced against two rookie quarterbacks the first two games. And then they went ahead yeah, yeah, exactly. And then they went ahead and faced the team that's kind of in turmoil right now. Um so this is a team that has a solidified I mean they're they're off to a rough start. They're one and two. But this is a team that has a solidified team that is, you know, they have superstars on their team. They have superstar talent, talent on their offense, especially. You know, I think this is going to be a test. Um, I think, you know, the big question mark for me is Gronkowski. Yeah. Um, you know, he was practicing yesterday morning. Uh, he said, he, of course, he pulled the Belichick. There is no injury update. You know, I'm improving every week. It's day to day, whatever he says. Yeah. But, well, I mean, we can't listen. We'll never. 
I don't even know why they bother having press conferences. It's just a waste of time, to be honest with you, because they don't tell you anything. But that's just me. But you know, it, it that could be, you know, up, uh, apparently Gronkowski and Amendola are near return or near their the returns. So, you know, uh, I think what? that if we if we've survived, we've we've literally just been playing and we've been surviving. Um, if we can survive without them. I will be very interested to see how we do with both of them coming shortly. Um, I, I will actually fully agree with you on that. And that's, and that's where it kind of goes back to uh, what you were saying about other, you know, analysts and stuff saying that this is the worst three and O team they've ever seen. Think about that. Two of the main, main pieces in this offense haven't been on the field. You know what I mean? So if you go ahead and put Gronkowski back in and, you know, you take it, uh, Amendola, you put him in there. Plus, building chemistry with, you know, Tompkins and Dobson, you have yourself a pretty darn good offense. And you, you know, it's, it's still it's still evolving. It's clicking. It's That's clicking, it. which is good. This, I'm glad that they had the Tampa Bay game to kind of practice more. They kind of like, you know, they 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 beat them pretty good, and you know, they were able to. First of all, they played. They did a couple things in Tampa Bay game that we didn't talk about too. They they played Bolden and Blunt. I don't know what's happening with Ridley, but they're not they're not going to Ridley a lot. But they played no, the Garrett Blunt. Um, you know, he had he had like he was he had more than ten carries. I'm pretty sure, and he had like, yeah, uh, I think it was I think it was about uh, thirteen or fourteen carries. I mean, and he, he had like never... he had like sixty five yards. He had yeah. fourteen fourteen carries for sixty five yards. Bolden had three carries for fifty one yards. Bolden was breaking free. Real good. Yeah, it, well, Bolden, Bolden also played the uh, third down running back, too, and uh, he was receiving the ball as well. That's where he was making a lot of the uh, the breakouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, they put him more, in an, more of in a uh, Danny Woodhead type of role. Um, Which, hey, I mean, that it oh, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I mean, you you got to fill that role up somehow. And, you know, with Shane Vereen being out, you, you might as well use your next best thing, you know? But but is Steven Ridley does he deserve you know does he deserve to be the starting running back at this point you think? Uh you know here's the thing Steven Ridley he did phenomenal for us last year I'll give him that uh, he totally turned around what you know the Patriots have been lacking for years in the running game but you know what we have other weapons he just he has he he has a fumbling problem and unfortunately. And, you know, with Bill Belichick, and I'm sure it's like that with all the rest of the coaches, if you fumble the ball at the worst possible times, you're going to sit, you're going to, you're going to ride the bench. And, um, you you know, and and like you said, I mean, we have a lot of injuries. Leon Washington is still injured too, and he's supposed to be fantastic. And LeGarrette Blunt, you know, he's eating up time and making big runs. And, you know, it just seemed like he... It seems like he has chances on first and second downs, Ridley, and then if he doesn't do well, they, they have more options to choose from. Well, that's it. And I think I think they're keeping all these running backs, you know, for spare, you know, like spare parts, basically. I mean, Stephen, Stephen Ridley messes up. Well, okay, you know, we'll throw Bolden in there. Bolden can't, you know, go. You know, we'll we'll put Legarian Blount in there. If we, You know what I mean? It's like you have a pretty good – you have a pretty good core of running backs, and – you know, if one's not cutting it, hey, sit on the bench. You know, but there will be there will be a spot for Stephen Ridley. I'm not saying that he's not going to have a spot. He will have a spot. 
he will get some time. You know, these guys, you know, Ligarian or, uh, you know, Bolden, these guys, they might break down a little bit. Stephen Ridley, you know what I mean? That, you know, yeah, Ridley, he had 1,263 1, yards and 12 touchdowns last season. You know, that's he looks like a completely different player right now. Yeah, and I mean, it's maybe it's the uh, the sophomore blues. I don't know. Um, but, you know, we got what we need, what the Patriots really need to focus on is eating the clock like they used to, keeping drives alive, getting to the red zone. Sustained drives. And we need to work on a red zone offense. But, you know, exactly. that's something that I have Gronkowski, who I think it will be Gronkowski, but not Amendola next week. Um, yes, or Sunday, excuse me. Um, right. uh, we're agreeing a lot tonight. Um, I think, <laughs> no. that, I think that Gronk will be what helps our red zone click. And I think so too. Uh, because I mean, he, if you think about it, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I think that okay. was, was Edelman targeted seven times and had seven catches in the Buccaneers game. Yes. Okay. So you see that you see how veterans play with Brady in Brady's system. And then you bring back Gronk who's been practicing fine. And, you know, it, they're saying that it's a pain tolerance issue, but he can play. And, you know, obviously he's a big meathead. He probably doesn't feel anything. So, um, yeah. Well, here's the thing. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, he's a great tight end, but he's a really good blocker. Uh, that's where you're going to see a lot of that. Thing is, is when they've only really technically been to the uh, the red zone like two or three times. You know, all the touchdowns have come off like longer passes and, run, you know, pass. That's um, so weird. You know, pass after catch, run after catch or whatever the heck. Not, not, what, not, not what we're used to. No, we're not. We're used to very efficient, boom, 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 first down, first turn, first down, you know, get into the red zone, either hand it off to Ridley or toss it over to a Welker or, excuse me, Hernandez or whatever, yada, yada, yada. You know, and this year we haven't seen that, but I think you're going to start to see that come together uh, once, you know, once he gets that chemistry with these his receivers, you're going to start seeing a little bit more efficient drives. You could kind of see it. In, uh, in on Sunday's game against Tampa Bay, how they you know they were being kind of efficient about it. They were eating some of the clock, um, you know. And I I definitely agree with you know with Gronkowski being back, that's going to help out a lot on the in the red zone and sustain drives because they need that. They need that a lot, and that's that's basically one of the things that they they really built you know this offense on is just sustaining drives. So. It's yet, you know, I from what I hear, uh, he is uh, questionable. Uh, Gronkowski is questionable. Yeah, but I think that I think game. that I think that he's going to be. I'm pretty sure he's going to be. I mean, I he stated by the fourth game he would probably be in, and I, I think that's true. I think he will be playing. I, I hope so because I'd really like to see him on the field. It's it's you know it's, it's about time. Yeah, to get some reps. You know. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think that you know once he. I think that he's going to start on, in game four. So fantasy owners make that change. I already did. <laughs> and, and I think that you took Gronkowski. Uh, yeah, yeah, I had Gronkowski. I uh, he's been how, riding my bench for. Uh, how late did you get him? Oh, I don't even remember. Oh, all right. Well, um, 
Well, I mean, my fantasy team isn't complete. Ter- my fantasy team is like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now. So <laughs> I, I drafted Kaepernick, and he's been playing like crap. Um, but anyway, so I think that, th- that this week will be the week that we see Krakowski. I think that he's going to be, you know, a major factor in the game. I think that him, I think that they're going to play a, a lot more like Garrett Blunt, and they're going to use, you know, you saw that how he can eat time with his running. You know, he stays on his feet for as long as he can. He's a tough guy to get down. He is. Um, I think that, you know, the Patriots – are going to win this game. Um, I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be thirty to twenty-one. That's that's a very high score. Yep. Uh, right. So you're saying thirty to twenty-one? Is that mm-hmm. what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I'll uh, I'll agree that it's going to be a close game, but I'm not going to go that high. I'm going to say twenty-seven, twenty-one. All right. So uh, you know, there's a field goal difference between us. Yeah. But whatever. Um, all right, so we'll go ahead. You know, we got about 19 minutes left in the show, so we'll go ahead and move on to uh, what you know your favorite, Yay. the Boston Bruins. Yay! 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 <laughs> so the Boston Bruins currently are uh, four and one in preseason, and at the moment they are playing the Winnipeg Jets, and they are tied one to one. Freaking Setaguchi. You know, so uh, and I know we've talked about it last week on the show. What do you what are you honestly taking away from from this? Do you see do you see a championship caliber team playing right now? Oh, absolutely I do. I think that we're playing great hockey right now. And I think that I think our third line is gonna be fun. And what I mean by that is, you know, we have uh Jordan Caron, Carl Soderberg, Riley Smith, Ryan Spooter, Matt Limbald, Matt Frazier, and there are two and, and we have uh Nick Johnson, who I wanna talk about in a second. And, you know, there are only two, you know, there are only a couple slots left. And you, you got to make a couple of really big decisions because they've all been playing. I mean, I think our team has been playing very well. Um, and, you know, I think that more than likely it's going to be Carl Soderberg. Uh, and right. Uh, I think I'm thinking I'm leaning towards Riley Smith. But, you know. What about, okay, so. I mean, from what I can tell and from what I've heard, that uh, Jordan Caron is not having a very good camp. Um, he's so-so. You know, he's not. He's just not. I don't know. I lack he, lack of determination. He's, he's or, more. He's more like a. You know, he's more like a little bit of a non-factor. He's not playing. He's not making an impact. Okay. Um, and you know. So he doesn't stick out, but he's not. No, he's, he's not, not hurting the team either. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> um. But this kid, Nick Johnson, who I had no idea who this kid, Nick Johnson, was, who, you know, he just – he's new to the Bruins. I, he, he was playing – I think he was playing in Phoenix last year. Uh, say, is, he's not part of – he wasn't part of the Dallas Stars trade, right? No, he, he no? was playing in Phoenix. I guess, the you know, they let him go. But, uh, you know, when at the game I was at in Montreal, he scored two goals. And you know he's been he's been continued he's been continuing with the scoring and you know I think he's definitely in the mix and you know he's 27 years old he has a bit more experience than the younger players that are battling for a roster spot you know how you know uh, Claude Julian values that you know veteran presence more he vet you know he really values that over a lot of other things which. Yeah, you know we've seen for the for for a while. Um, he's a signed to a one year deal worth six hundred thousand um, to add that you know that depth, and I think that 
he really has an opportunity. You know, I think that he's been playing very well. And I think that it could be him on that third line with, with Soderbergh and Kelly. I really do. I think that, you know, so you, he's, so well, you, he's, sorry. No, that's okay. So you think that Chris Kelly can go ahead and, uh, I mean, you said he's a veteran. How old is he? Is he, how long has he been in the league? Uh, he, he's, I mean, he's old. I mean, he's not old, old. Um, he's been with the Bruins for what? Four seasons now? Three seasons. So this will be his fourth season. You know, okay. he's, he's been playing in the NHL since 2003. So. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. All right. So he's not, I, I was going to say, man, I was like, maybe this is someone that Chris Kelly can kind of. I mean, oh, well, no. Know. I mean, he's an assistant. I mean, for a reason, did wear the A for a reason. He's you know, he's 32 years old, so he's five years older. But oh. he's he plays like an older, like you know, the fact that you're prize is like an older player. He played like. Okay. All he right. Played, he I has, mean, he's... he has veteran composure that you know. I think that, but you know, I'm just I just think that you know Soderberg definitely earns a spot. One of the people who I really noticed on the team was Soderberg. And then you see, like, you know, I don't know if you're watching the game. I think that it was in the Capitals game. Um, you know, McQuay got in a fight. He got hit from behind. And, you know, Johnson immediately got the gloves and started fighting. And, um, you know, you can see that Julian's impressed. He's really, you know, considering giving him a shot at a permanent position, at you know, on the team. Well, you know, what better what better place to do that than in Boston? I mean, we love... You know, Boston loves those gritty, those gritty guys. I mean, Sean Thornton is a prime example of that style of, you know, he does anything and everything for the team. He's he, like you said, he's a veteran, so Claude Julian is definitely going to want to, you know, he's gonna, definitely going to keep an eye on him. So, I think that's a good idea. I mean, I think that if in the opening, you know, I think that it'd be a good idea to to have him play. I think I really think it would be a good idea to keep him on the team for, you know, the first couple the you know, first couple of games, see how he does. And sure. then, you know, so Nick Johnson is one of the guys who stands out to me and uh, the third line is going to be a lot of like I said, it's going to be like a lot of, you know, mixing and matching and seeing what figures out. It's going to be an experiment for a while. You know, this is the first time we don't really have, you know, we don't have Pevs. Um so he was kind of, you know, a permanent fixture on our third line for a while. Right. And, you know, I think that it's going to be Kelly, Soderberg, and Johnson. I mean, or Riley Smith. It's, you know, either one of those two. But then again, Ryan Spooner's been playing well. Matt Frazier's been playing well. So it's it's up in the air. But we have a lot of depth. And it goes to show you, we had one of the best AHL teams. We didn't win. We we had one of the best AHL teams, you know, in, in the league last year. I think that this, this shows how, you know, impressive. Even though we're a championship caliber team now, we have fantastic players coming up. And... Yeah. All right. Um, I just I did want to ask you real quick. What? And it's not. I mean, it's on the same subject. But how's Lou Erickson doing? Well, Louis Erickson, from what I've read, is is just still working on that. You know that chemistry. Um, you know, and he's good to go right now. He's he's ready to play. Um, I think that he's eager to play with Patrice Bergeron. I think that he's just going to be forming that chemistry because you know. You saw last year's playoffs. The, the chemistry between Marshawn and Bergeron is ridiculous. Yeah. And it's going to be, you know, he's you know he's he's playing on a power play unit. He's playing with Bergeron, who's one of the the better playmakers in the NHL, who's got really good chemistry with his teammates. It's got to be a little intimidating for him to come on. You know, this is a championship caliber team, whereas Dallas was not. Um, right. 
but you know, I think that he he played in the uh, he played in the uh, Capitals game. You know, he was on the ice for uh, two of the goals, I believe. Um, and you know, I think that I think that he is going to be once he comes into the once he really solidifies his spot with uh, Bergeron. You know, that chemistry. I think that it's going to be a very successful line. I think that our top six right now rivals any top six in the NHL. Maybe except for Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh is ridiculous. But you well, know, they don't have Jerome McGinley, so <laughs> but, no, the Jerome McGinley line, freaking. I think that people are going to start looking at David Krejci and being like, "Where did this guy come from?" Because people, he is so underrated. Um, Krejci? Yeah, he is underrated. People, people, you know, they don't give him. People don't, you know, know know a lot about him because the only time, well, it's because the only time they ever really see him is in the playoffs, and it's like, how can you not? see him in the playoffs. The guy is like the top leading scorer, uh, you know, at, in, in the entire playoffs. So. Yeah. And I, I said, he plays well in the season too. He, he is very streaky. Yeah. But, but it's okay though. I mean, but, but, you know, again, is just going to elevate his play. It's he's playing with one of the, you know, a, a hall of famer. If he wins the Stanley cup, I mean, maybe, you know, he's playing with one of the, one of the greats, I would say. And, yeah. you know, the guy has still got it. I saw him, you know, he's been producing crazy, not crazy, but he's producing well with the Bruins so far the preseason. And, you know, I got to say, I the top six, if you, you know, Marshawn, who's really coming to his own, he's not only an agitator, but a great scorer with Bergeron and Erickson. Erickson, a great natural scorer. Bergeron, one of the better playmakers in the league. And then you got Luch, Krejci, and, and Ginla. Like, come on. That's right. Really I mean, and the, the good thing, I'm sorry, not to cut you off or anything, the good thing from what I, you know, kind of going back to the Krejci, Lucic, and again, uh, the line, you know, again, that's not going to take any plays off um, just because that's the way he is. You know, he's just a straight shooter at all times. Not saying that Nathan Horton took plays off and everything. Okay, but Nathan Horton's defense, I could play better defense than Nathan Horton. Well, that's what I was saying. Like, that's exactly the point I was going to try to say. You know, a lot of people don't really notice David Creechie's because a lot of the assists that he was trying to do, you know, either Nathan Horton kind of gave up on it or. You know, you know what I mean. Like Jerome McGinley's not Nathan Horton, so you're really going to see both a lot numbers. more effort being put forth. Yes, you know, exactly. You know, he's going to still get to those gritty areas that Horton was so great in, but at the same time, he's going to be a guy who's you know look he's at natural score. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I just, I just, and then you got Svedberg backing up. Svedberg was like 39 and 30 something and eight last year. You know, a ridiculous backup goaltender. Who I think that. He clearly wins the job for backup. Subban will be playing in AHL. Uh, Johnson will be playing in the AHL. Um, I think that we have a great team right now. And I think that, you know, defensively, we have a lot of depth. You know, we're looking at Tory Krug. Uh, we're looking at um, Kevin Miller, who is also, you know, he played at BC. He was the captain of BC. Oh, no, that was Tommy Cross. Tommy Cross was the defenseman there who was the captain of BC, and he is a great player. I think that we have – we are set up for success, honestly. I think that this is one of the better teams I've seen from the preseason going into it, you know, going into the year. And, you know, Detroit – we got rocked by Detroit. But Detroit's a good team. I think that we're going to be the top team in this group to beat. I think that everyone, we have a little bit of a, you know, a target on our backs because we are, you know, we are a Stanley Cup caliber team. And I think that we kind of define – you know, our division right now, or we are kind of the front runners in our division. But, you know, I, from what I've seen and what I've been reading, 
Bruins look real good, real good. So we have something to look forward to this year in that. Yeah, excellent. October 3rd, everyone. That's the start of hockey season, especially in Boston. And do you know how Ryan Spooner, just just real quick, has won 100% of his faceoffs? Or, some, or something or something ridiculous like that. He's like up in the upper like nineties. Okay, well I have to take your word for it because I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, he's he's real good. So I'm just saying we have a lot of players. We have a lot of players we can look at, a lot of role players, and you know, I think that once we get Mark Savard off of the uh, the roster, which should happen soon, we you know, we have some room to to grow, and we can sign some of these players to long term deals, and I think that we. Uh, we're set up for success. So there's my Bruins rant for the week. There you go. I yep. like to hear that. All right, everybody, about seven you know, seven minutes or so. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and move on to our next segment, which is my favorite segment, and that is Ass Out of the Week. So, Scott, why don't you go ahead and – We talked about Bobby Valentine. <laughs> we did. We talked about Bobby Valentine. No, you gotta um, you got to introduce this ass out. I know. I'm going to. I'm waiting for my drum roll. Oh, the drum roll. Yeah, I got it. Hold on. Oh, Here we go. every right. week, man. Come on. And everybody, this week's ass hat of the week is... Long drum roll. Nate Burleson. Yay! You can give me the crowd. I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah, there we go. Yay! Nate Burleson, you single-handedly ruined your career. <laughs> <laughs> Right now, for this year, he didn't, he didn't. He's gone until late November. Okay, but let's think about why. Oh, can I just can I read? Can I please read the the headline? Go ahead. Lion Lion star receiver breaks arm in car accident in big bold letters. Pizza to blame. The pizza man. The pizza. Okay, for anybody that doesn't know, this all star. Wide receiver for the Detroit Lions decided at what is it seven o'clock in the morning? Oh no, he was at it was three a.m. Oh three a.m. in the morning to go he, pick up some pizzas. Well, on the way back, the pizzas started falling off of the seat. You know, by anybody, I don't know about anybody else, but if I ever go pick up a pizza, I put that on the floor. I don't oh, put it God, on the table. No, seat. that's that is absolutely. First of all, yeah, hold on. Let's let's go through this play by play right here. <laughs> you, you're ordering your pizza at 3 a.m. Why, you know, why are you up at 3 a.m.? You're a professional athlete. You should be sleeping. Whatever. He wants some pizza, you know. Okay, fine. So he goes to his pizza place in Detroit. Oh, must have been a, you know, I'm not going to say anything. Um, But anyway, so he goes and gets his pizza. How do you not put that? You're you're running routes for a living. How do you know, you know, come on. It goes on the floor. There's no one sitting in the next, you know, next seat. It's 3 a.m. You're alone. You're trying to eat some pizza. You put, put it, it in the floor. floor. What's wrong with you? Exactly. That's, so, that's you know, that's from from the start, you know, this guy, uh, you know, not great. So he <laughs> so instead he puts it into the it, he puts the pizza on the passenger seat, begins the drive. I don't know if he was driving excessively, driving fast or whatever, but either which way, he crashes into a guardrail. Be and his excuse is I was trying to save the pizza. You was trying to save him? I mean, do you blame him? I do. <laughs> I do blame him. I blame him for Dude, being an I, idiot. If I saw a pizza going down... It's I 3 o'clock in the morning. What the I, hell do you care? But, you know, but if my pizza the was going down... Oh, hold on. Wait. Wait. Hold on. We all know that pizza... No, that cheese makes the pizza. If that pizza falls down, you got a serious issue because your cheese is no longer the pizza. 
well, like, yeah, but, I, I, I fully agree, but I mean, come on, put it on. You, if you put it on the floor, you wouldn't have had this problem to begin with. He he purchased two pizzas. One was sitting on top of the other on the on the seat. Put a seatbelt. That guy, wait, that guy ordered two pizzas. I'm sure he was feeding a family of his. I'm sure, I don't know why. It was three o'clock in the morning. What are you ordering pizzas for unless you're drunk? That's the only time I ever ordered pizzas at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I was drunk. Well, I have to agree with you there, man. But... <laughs> I mean, like, like it's just it's. No, just wait, 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 wait. According to police, there was a drug stream, and there was no signs of impairment, and he was not under the influence. But he is an idiot. 3 a.m. in the morning, you're ordering pizzas. But no, but here's the big no, no. Uh, getting past that, because I do. I mean, I'm a college kid. I do that occasionally. But, but get, getting past that, Domino's is open until pretty much three o'clock into college towns, so they'll deliver it to you. What do you want? But, <laughs> but how do you how do you not you know? My real question is, how do you not put the pizza on the floor? That's exact. That was my question from the beginning. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I would have, I would have gone. I probably would have done what he did if he's trying to save the pizza. Pizza is, you know, that's a valuable commodity. That you know, you wait for that pizza, you drive out to get that pizza. It's three a.m. You're hungry. You want to eat that pizza. Imagine if you went all the way out there and your pizza fell and you couldn't eat it. I mean, I'd be kind of mad, but it's better. Be, I guess it's be, better than breaking your arm. Think about this. Think about Especially this. Especially when you're a professional athlete. Well, that's it. Like, would, would you rather have squashed pizza or a broken arm and out like eight weeks because and not being able to do your profession? He just wanted a pizza, man. I guess so. He just wanted a pizza. Poor Dave Burleson. Maybe Dave you know, Burleson, I kind of feel uh, he's an asshat, but I feel bad for him because, like, I can sympathize with that. He just wants a pizza. <laughs> He just wants some pizza. He does. He's hungry. He's a hungry Burleson. He's just trying to get some pizza. But you know what? Fantasy people, may, I mean, you wouldn't be not starting, you know, Megatron <laughs> anyway. But Megatron is going to have monster numbers now. He's going to have monster numbers. All right, real quick. Uh, two minutes left in the show. Just want pizza, you know. We did I, – one thing we want to quickly run back on, because like I said, there's two minutes in the show. Uh, Tim Thomas was awarded – a one-year contract with the Florida Panthers. For anyone that was wondering, because we had talked about it last week, he did get a contract. Real quick, Scott, tell me how you feel about that. Meh. Okay, I feel the same way. (laughs) I'm sure sure November 7th, when he comes to the TD Garden, he'll be booed. Oh, absolutely. Whatever. Eh, Good for you, Tim Thomas. Not really. Do whatever you want. It's Florida. Work on your golf swing. You're not going to win anything. Sorry, bud. Yep. All right. All right. (laughs) That's that. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that pretty much you know sums up our show tonight. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. I really appreciate it. I'm sure Scott appreciate appreciates it too. Uh, I got to work on my speech for some reason because I can't talk tonight for whatever reason. Um, but thank you so much. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 12 o'clock p.m. Tune in. Uh, 24-7 Sports Hub Radio with Jonathan Ragnus, Jim Williams. You don't want to miss those guys. They always have some sort of special guest or bad impression going on. Um, and you want to find us on Facebook and find us at Twitter uh, at uh, NewEnglandSports247.com or whatever it is. I can't even remember my Twitter handle. So for Scott, Blutie, and myself, thank you. Have a wonderful night.